0: Eleanor had a crisis. She she couldn't find the key for her Tykes car. Oh, yeah. My key! That's my key!
1: Crisis averted? You found it?
0: It was in the back of the car. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Just not in the ignition where she should leave it.
1: I'm going to struggle. I've got to fit in 35 minutes of yoga at some point. I nearly did yeah. it at Lara's gym in the car park last week but I couldn't quite bring myself to do it. It's quite a dodgy area and it was dusk and there were you know youths hanging around on the corners and I thought I can't get a yoga mat out in the car park. I just couldn't do it.
0: Hello and welcome to the Try Parenting podcast. How are you Themi?
1: I'm really good Emma. Here for another thrilling episode I think. This is number 12 of our podcast, so we've, we've made it past the 10 and we're, we're heading into the second decade.
0: We're in double digits, yeah, almost a teenager. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Why don't we kick off with hearing something about your, your holiday?
0: Yes. Yeah, so I've just got back from a really nice week in Spain, which was a family holiday postponed from 2020 as a COVID casualty. The plan was for Eleanor to be, should have been about six months when we took her. And obviously she's now two and a half. So it was a very different holiday to what we initially planned. Overall, I think it was significantly better. I think travelling, although it's not far, there's a lot of car journeys and things. I think travelling with a six-month-old is probably a lot harder than a two-and-a-half-year-old. But on the negative slash plus side at six months old I probably wasn't gonna be doing much training I certainly wasn't interested in doing like full-on training while I was out there whereas I was definitely full-on training this this time <laughs> <laughs> when I was out there but it actually turns out that it was an amazing training destination and it wasn't planned I didn't have anything to do with the booking so I hired a bike when I got there because I decided that the cost of getting my bike out there was just ridiculous. So I hired one, which wasn't that cheap, but still cheaper than the car hire and extra luggage and stuff on EasyJet. It was a really nice road bike. It wasn't my time trial bike. I really missed it. But I took some tri-bars. So thank you for the, the tip for the clip-on tri-bars, which weren't really clip-on. It was actually quite hard to screw on. Oh dear. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was amazing. An amazing destination for cycling. Just stunning part of Spain. Like some really good flats for like intervals and beautiful climbs like up into hills. Not too hilly. So the hills were like, there are a nice gradient, but you didn't feel like you're gonna die (laughs) on the way up all the way down which was great swimming I found a really nice pool which was about 10 minute drive away had a lane to myself all week which was uh, just a dream it was so good and it had a really nice, like, running track, which was free at the base of, like, the mountains. Just, like, hills just in the background. Such a stunning and you could just vacation. turn up. Just turn up to the running track whenever you wanted. And uh, the sea was, like, three to five minute walk from where we were staying. And it was really warm. It was beautiful. So, yeah, happy days. And it was really lovely to see Eleanor, like, bond with the rest of the family. She's, because of COVID, she's never really... Interactive massively with them like she's always been very wary about where we are like her parents are whereas I was waiting in the morning which was a slight negative I was waiting for people to get up so then I could then go and do my training which meant that by the time I started my training it was really hot but the plus side was everyone got to sleep so I didn't feel guilty about waking people
1: up I was going to ask what was the (laughs) earliest you got up in the morning and had you done seven hours training before everyone came down for breakfast
0: yeah I mean one thing that stopped me doing that was it actually didn't get light till half seven so the earliest Mm. I could physically go out was half seven and the pool didn't open till quarter past seven anyway so I never did an early swim I the only time I did do a half seven start was I had a four-hour bike ride and I've done all my other bikes at like midday when it was like 30 35 degrees and I just wanted to do one where I wasn't dripping with sweats. <laughs> I was really glad I went out it's it probably my the best bike ride I've ever been on just saw the sun rise through the hills it was stunning so yeah that was the earliest I did I did have a seven-hour training day which I don't think I've ever had before but that was because I missed two Saturdays of training so my long brick session I had to do during the week plus a swim my husband wasn't too impressed I don't think he said it was fine but later his face said differently (laughs) Uh, he was like why are you doing more training than when you're at home I was like I'm not doing more training when I'm than when I'm at home but I'm missing two Saturdays of training from travel so I got to do those sessions another day.
1: Was that the coach's <laughs> orders or did you just miss a day and have to combine two days?
0: I did have two rest days for the Saturdays, but it was pretty much impossible to train because of the flight times anyway. So we had to leave early. It was basically an all day of travel because we had car journeys to the airport, flights and then a long car journey from the airport. Back. The way home was actually really delayed as well. They boarded us onto the plane and then told us we were delayed and made us wait on the plane, which is not good for me, let alone a toddler. And then when we landed, they then wouldn't let us off the plane. So (laughs) that was not a great way to end.
1: I think Um, that, isn't that an airline trick in terms of paying compensation? I think if you're on the plane, the point the clock starts from which they have to pay compensation over a certain period is different to if you hadn't boarded the plane. I think it's a trick.
0: (laughs) But what they did do, which I didn't realise they were allowed to anymore, was they let us in the cockpit while we were waiting. Oh, cool. Um, Which was really cool. And Eleanor was petrified. So sat down and then jumped back up again. And then five minutes later was like, I want to go back. I want to go back. (laughs) so then she went back in and really enjoyed it on my seven hour training day well we had I had a few obviously I've touched on a few highs it was an amazing place for training and the food that the family were cooking we ate in most days was amazing they're such great cooks so that was really good but I was woken up about half an hour after I went to sleep the night before my massive training day and I couldn't breathe <laughs> basically later on it transpired she had some kind of virus I'm not really sure why that impacted her breathing but that was very scary so I basically didn't get any sleep the night before the training session so I delayed the start of my training which was then um, I don't know why well I did because I went to try and find a pharmacy and a doctor that would see her but they wouldn't because she was too young Spanish pharmacies won't see them under Three or something, which is very annoying. And then the following that afternoon, once I'd finished, we actually ended up taking her to hospital because she then had a massive temperature, like forty degree temperature, and stomach ache and earache. So we had a, a few dramas.
1: <laughs> uh, the, yeah. Did she recover during the holiday to enjoy the the rest of it or?
0: Yes, fortunately, the next day she was actually much better once she got some medicine. So yeah, that was our Thank first you, experience okay. for a child that is never really poorly. We had a two two weeks of hospital trips with her sore elbow as well. I don't know if I spoke about that last time on the podcast.
1: I can't remember if it's on the podcast. I remember you telling me about it.
0: So the week before, <laughs> we also ended up at minor injuries. Slash A and E in the UK because she'd been in a playground and basically dislocated her elbow. It was called pulled elbow, poor little thing. (laughs) So they had, we had to wait for ages. It was the Monday after the the Tuesday after the bank holiday, so the that it was really busy. They basically needed to X-ray it to confirm there was no bones broken before they could manipulate it back into place. And as literally as soon as they touched it. It was like ping back in, and she was like, "Yay, it's fine again." So that was another disrupted day of training. It was very stressful. So yeah, two hospitals in two oh. weeks. was hopefully we're done now.
1: I mean, that seven-hour day following a, a sleepless night, but B the worry, and not, yes. that must have been really tough for you to decide to go and do it.
0: Mentally, it was fine until, <laughs> so, <laughs> so until it started to get hard on a run. The brick session, and then someone stole all my electrolytes. What? So to be able to do the brick session and get my bike back in the car to then do a run straight off, I couldn't go to the running track because I wasn't really sure how to get in and out on my bike from the running track if that makes sense mm-hmm. without disrupting the end of the session. So I decided that I would go literally just round the corner, park just round the corner from the apartment which was a really nice long straight really flat section of road which had a like a basically a cycling lay by and I thought I'll run out and I'll run back and I'll put all my water in a big bag like a Tesco's type reusable bag at one end so like massive water bottles I had loads of water and I had a in within that had a drawstring bag of like a pot of electrolyte tablets electrolyte drops and probably some high five tablets and some gels i had just all sorts of stuff i took a handheld like a squeezy water flask that i'd normally put in my running vest but i didn't want to wear the vest because it was so hot so i held it and i put it on a wall in some shade at the other end so that i'd have water at each end and on my first rep i ran down i was stood under the shade under a tree, off the road, like almost in a ditch, away from the cycling track to put the water on the wall. And it's quite a long wall and there was a reasonable amount of shade. And I saw this cyclist coming towards me and then I started to run back, but I, I don't know why I looked over my shoulder. He obviously was doing something weird before I started. And he pulled up to the bit of pavement by the ditch by the wall to where my water bottle was and got off and walked down the ditch bearing so bearing in mind has a loss of shade and he'd got off his bike and walked down the ditch and was looking at my water bottle so I ran back and I was like I was going hola hola like what are you doing like that's mine he's like I, like, well, I, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, I'm making a phone call. I was like, well, why are you doing it there? He's like, are you accusing me of stealing? I was like, well, why did you have to get off there then if you're not about to steal my water bottle? He's like, oh, I'm making a phone call. I was like, I don't believe any of that. because Was he English or No, but he said what I was saying. He could reply in relatively good English. There was no reason for him to stop there and walk off his bike to make a phone call if he wasn't going to take my balsa bottle. So I ran back, picked up and took it back. And then I then waited at the other end for him to go past before to check that he wasn't going to take anything else out of the other bag. So that was fine. Disaster averted. It was a relatively busy bit of road, actually, with people going back and forwards, which I hadn't realised And then it was my last rep and I got back and I needed a gel. And I was like, oh, no, I don't know whether he'd come back or somebody else had got in my bag and taken out the drawstring bag. I mean, what they would have done with it, I don't know, because it was totally useless to them. They obviously thought my money or keys or whatever was in the drawstring bag. Luckily, they didn't look further because my earphones, my air air shop, what we call them, earphones are actually underneath the drawstring bag, not in it. so they missed the prize possession
1: oh that's a low a lucky it wasn't even lower but that's really annoying I
0: was uh you pretty pissed off with that could have been a lot worse
1: <laughs> oh dear but apart oh. from that so seven hours how did you feel the next day were you able to enjoy holiday life I mean seven hours is nearly a full day's work for any normal person in the office that's quite a long day of training <laughs>
0: It was, but I had lots of nice food afterwards. Uh, <laughs> so it was <a> yeah. good. <laughs> and I, it was a really light, easy day the next day. And because I wasn't working, it was not a strenuous day by the pool, by the beach. We were ending the day by taking her swimming in the sea at like five o'clock-ish. She was loving it, putting her face in the water. You and know. the first day she was like, <laughs> mommy, it's salty. <laughs> <laughs> we took our goggles the next day and she was much happier. But yeah, no afternoon at the beach that day because it's a hospital trip instead. Oh. But at least I'd done all my training, so it it could have been worse. Yeah, no, I felt okay actually. On the bike bit of the brick, all of a sudden I saw these like massive smoke plumes coming up, and I was doing laps. I found a nice like flat loop. I went past it, and I couldn't really work out what it was, so I went round again. And this next time I came to come round it was like billowing over the road and there was like fire engines and police cars and like loads of stuff shooting past me to like go towards it and I kept going for a bit and I was like "Mm, even if they've not shut the road I'm not cycling through that I have no mask or anything and I do not want like Smoke damaged lungs. <laughs> was not. that a building
1: rather than a forest? Or?
0: I don't know. I don't know whether it was like a farm or I think it was the back of an industrial area. So then I had to like loop all the way back round, which wasn't ideal. And then I had a horrific headwind like all the way back. Not too impressed with.
1: At least the wind was warm.
0: Yes, it was certainly warm. That's true. <laughs> well,
1: whilst well, so you've anyway. been sunning yourself in Spain, we did an aquaflon with uh, the whole family last weekend. It was a, a race in Letchworth. The junior tri club sent. must have been 15-ish junior triathletes from, from our club. And a lot of the parents took, took part in either a relay. It was a sw- an outdoor swim in a 50-meter heated pool. Then it was a 5K trail run. It, w- it was brilliant. It was so much fun. So both of my girls took part. They had different distances each, and then seeing the whole club, especially the juniors with their little junior Stortford try try suits and club hats, uh, it was lovely. And there was absolutely no there was no fuss about transition. And they had friends, and they go and they had to set up without parents, so they had to go down to transition at the side of the pool themselves. And it was great as soon as they had friends to do it with. There were there were no problems at all. It was brilliant, and the parents just kind of looked on.
0: Oh, That's so nice. You could actually enjoy a coffee instead of stressing.
1: <laughs> yes, in fact, I did. And our race started after the juniors finished. So we it was a little bit of a panic for my eldest, who was towards the end of the juniors race, for me to get back in time for, for my briefing and the start of my race. But other than that, it was great seeing the girls out on the course, cheering them on. It was lovely and they all enjoyed it.
0: Oh, so nice. And an outdoor pool as well. That's not very common in the UK.
1: It isn't, although I'm going to recount one of my lows from that outdoor pool. They said no tumble turns, which I was okay with whilst I have started my tumble journey. I'm not sure I'd want to do it during the race. So kind of leveled the the playing field, so to speak. However, they said no tumbles because the shallow end was shallower than a shallow bucket. (laughs) When they said it was shallow, I didn't really pay attention. I just thought, okay, it's a bit risky. They don't want people bumping their heads. But what happened towards the shallow end was I took all the skin off my knees trying to turn around because not only was it shallow, the bottom of the pool, it was like flagstones or something like a sandpaper finish. Because, um, it's you know, like an old classic outdoor, maybe it was a Lido turned into a heated pool, but it was rough. Oh, no. So the way they, they ran the event, it was a, a snake. So you get in at one end and you swim down one lane. It was an eight-lane-wide pool. It was a 400-meter swim, so it was one lane, and then you duck under the rope in the next lane, but you had to swim on the left of the lane. And if you were overtaking, you went on the right, just like on the roads, which was great. But that meant that if you were overtaking at the end of one lane, it might be that you've got to somehow get on the other side of the person you're overtaking, and then get across to the other side of the lane. It, it did get a bit chaotic if it got bunched up. And in all of that chaos... <laughs> You, you try and put your feet down and then realise that it's only about a foot deep. <laughs> so, obviously, I remember when I did it and took all the skin off one knee. But then at the end of the race, where I'd finished the run, looked down and saw saw a really bloody knee. I, I couldn't remember when I did it. I thought, I, d- I don't remember falling over on the run. What have I done to my knee? And I realised, oh, it's the pool. I've left half my skin on the bottom of the pool. I'm talking to some of the other adults, they'd skin their toes and it, it was quite a common, common oh, accident.
0: That is not pleasant. The girls enjoy their race.
1: They loved it. And my youngest, Lara, is up for Hever Castle well, in a couple of weeks. She's doing the, I can't remember the distance, but I think it might even be 300 metres in the, in the lake there which is quite a big deal for her, but she's, she's well up for it. My eldest has politely declined the opportunity to, <laughs> to race. I think she remembers when we were there last year for my race just how cold it can be, because whilst we're still enjoying the tail end, I mean, it probably feels cold to you now, but it's still relatively warm during the day. Usually the week before heaver, the temperature just drops through the floor.
0: Yes, although I... I think I remember heaver for the juniors. They put a a rope out for them, don't they? So they swim along the rope in the lake. So at least it's something to sight from. Oh, I hope so. I normally end up getting like half decapitated because I never know which side of the rope I'm meant (laughs) to
1: be (laughs) on. I've got a funny, is it a low? That's a funny story anyway. I set my Garmin at the Aquathlon to 50 metres. For the pool length, because it was a a long course pool, and then forgot to set my watch back. And the next swim I did was in back in the 25-meter pool, and it was a long set. It was, I think it was one of yours, it was nine by four hundred. So relatively long set. And when I saw my watch afterwards and saw my stats on Strava, I was swimming. The best ever time is probably in, in the in the nation for 100 meters. I think my pace was well, well, it was around 50 seconds or less. And I, I just couldn't <laughs> believe it. I just got about 17 notifications saying, you're oh, my best 100, my best 200, my best 300, my best 400. I thought, what? And having it looked like it's almost, almost eight kilometers before I realized. And there's no way to go back and change the, the Garmin result or Strava. So I had to quickly delete it. <laughs>
0: Oh no! Yeah, you have to just uh, re-input it as total time and distance.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I did. That was quite funny.
0: So your swimming's going well, but not that well.
1: Not not quite that well.
0: <laughs> so swimming back this morning, they've changed the lane that we're in now. The swimming club started, and they've taken over the first lane, which is where the fast lane normally is.
1: Yeah,
0: so we're swimming the other way round. And I'm fine tumble-turning the other way around. But it turns out I'm not fine tumble-turning all the other way around when it's a double-width lane. <laughs> so I, can't, I can't get over. <laughs> so I've now gone back to swimming into people. <laughs> and i tumble-turning. And I can't work out how to look over my shoulder and then tumble-turn to see if there's someone coming. <laughs> so right. it's a going to be an interesting week of swimming. I'm definitely not going to be looking at my times because I need to work out how to turn and breathe and look going the other direction, which it should be simple, but I can't do it extra wide. I can only do it narrow.
1: <laughs> well, as you know, I've been starting to tumble and in Grange Paddocks, I, I, I started doing it in that double width lane, the clockwise lane. And I'd been practicing mainly when there was nobody behind me. And all of a sudden I realized I I don't know how to tumble in a V shape. I guess that's what you need to do to get out of people's way. I did this big tumble and I pushed off really hard and realized I was heading straight for about three people coming straight towards me. Oh God. <laughs> so I, I even need to learn to do that at all to get out of people's way. Has this ever happened to you? One other thing that happened to me at this aquathlon For very short races, I have learned over the history of my short triathlon career not to overeat before the race because it's too short and you spend the whole time redlining and anything extra in your body or stomach that you haven't got time to digest is pointless and you don't want to see it again. So I know not to overindulge, but I did have a last minute just a small mouthful of gel just a, a, a small sip of gel before I went off to get ready for the start and I left the remaining gel packet in my transition bag I thought I'll remember that when I come back to it but of course after the race and with the kids there and all the socializing going on I forgot about it so I stuffed <laughs> jerseys and jumpers and the bag got jumbled up and all of our kit went in there and when I got home Oh my God. Not <laughs> only was the zipper stuck because all the gel had stuck in the zipper, but I had to, It. I spent the whole evening cleaning gel out of clothes, swim hats, goggles, all of my Vaseline pot. It was just everything that's <laughs> covered in gel.
0: Oh, that is not good. I've done that. I mean, just the, like the Dregs one, one before, I've had that, let alone a half full
1: one. Oh, it was i mean the packet was empty somehow it had squeezed itself empty and it was literally three quarters of the pack <laughs> anyway i was enjoying doing an aquathlon without having all the bike faff i was thinking there's so little kit there's not much kit but i still spent the evening cleaning stuff
0: <laughs> after uh outlaw full i couldn't do my shoes because they uh, would after all my gel incidents obviously ended up all over my shoe and it like cemented my shoes (laughs) shut (laughs) it's strong stuff that gel when it it is
1: it's like super glue when it
0: sets
1: (laughs) and even with all of that lack of kit you don't need a lot for an aquathlon I still managed to forget my swim hat so not the great not the best example to set my kids when I impress them, out, it's really important to remember and check all well, you your kids, you know, you need to do that. And I turn up and go, oh, my God, I haven't even got a swim hat.
0: <laughs> Blame it on them, that's what they're for. It's always the kids' fault. How <laughs> did your race go, anyway? I've asked about the kids.
1: Oh, it went really well. Horrible, because I really went for it on the run. I came second overall and first in my age group, so I was really pleased. Beaten by a 25-year-old uh, on the swim. I think I had the fastest run split of the day, but the swim was not my best swim. I think it was partly the chaos and partly because I've done so much lake swimming recently. I have struggled a bit getting back into the pool. It's just been slightly different. And I hadn't hadn't done much pool swimming since I stopped, you know, daily lake swimming. Well, that's what I'm blaming it on anyway. A couple of days <laughs> later when I did that 400 set my first hard 400. I took 30 seconds off the time I, I did in the aquathlon, which oh, would have won no. me the race. So I've got it in me, just wasn't able to pull it off on the day.
0: I mean, that swim format sounds pretty hor- horrific for a fast swimming time. So I think I think you can give yourself that 30 seconds back.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe it wouldn't have been possible. So and it was a good it was a good opener. I did a sprint finish at the end of the run because when I got onto the run, there was a guy I'd been chatting to before the swim, we were queuing up and I wanted to check. We had to self seed, but there was no instruction. It was just queue up where you want. And we were going <laughs> after the relay people. So there were sort of you know, mixed, the whole span of ability just in front of us. And I was towards the front, but I, I wanted to check the guy behind me who looked really fast. What was his swim time? Cause I didn't want to hold him up if he was faster. And he was about the same time as me. So I stayed where I was. And then on the run, I could see him at the dog leg, not far behind. And we were 15 seconds apart on the start of the swim. So I thought, right, I need to have at least 15 seconds between me and him to beat him. So I, on the second lap, I negative split it and really went for it. And then did a sprint finished. And uh, I had pulled away from him significantly. But I found after the, sprint finish with no one else to sprint really but myself I I started to retch a little bit I couldn't my heart rate had gone into that dangerous red zone which I do find happens if I have a sprint finish at the end of a cross-country race I'm not actually sick there's nothing to be sick it's not a not a food in your stomach problem it's just a a body nervous system trying to slow me down and I, I do wonder if other people get that I know sometimes you see people at the end of an ITU race retching a little bit on the blue carpet. I've tried to do some research on it and it is it is a thing, but I can't find any knowledge or any guidance other than don't push so hard.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a physiological reaction, isn't it? I've never had it. It, it's to do with your central governor or whatever it's called like they're processing your brain so you're overriding your body saying no so you're it's like when uh johnny brownie or alistair brownie collapsed in, in mexico at the world final and the other one carried him over the line he went way beyond his body's ability his brain just like ignored it and just pushed, push push until he collapsed retching is like the step before that i think obviously before hmm. you collapse
1: so, so that's good I and mean, it's showing I know I couldn't have gone any harder across the line and then I have a moment of you know discomfort it's also a
0: warning sign that you're maybe pushing slightly too hard
1: but at least I know that I couldn't have given that more. but I need to be careful that I don't have a heart attack or something like that
0: <laughs> yeah
1: we'll cover a few things gone wrong in races we may do a few a few today I think I've, I've thought up a list going back to when I started mountain bike racing back when I was about 15 and and did that through till I was probably about 19. Starting with the most recent, which is actually a triathlon, how many people can say that they had to jam on the brakes in the middle of a bike segment in the triathlon because there were cows crossing the road? (laughs) This happened in Shropshire during a, a half Ironman. I was gunning it in a small pace line there was a marshal on a motorbike that zoomed past us and stopped at the side of the road, jumped off his bike and screamed at us to get off our bikes. I thought, oh my God, what's happened? Have we done some illegal move or what on earth could be wrong? Because we couldn't see the cows that were around the corner because they're around the corner. Anyway, we had to get off and there was no indication that we were going to get time added on. And the guy that was behind me or in front, we kind of looked at each other and he said, walk. So we, we just started walking our bikes, eventually got to this corner and saw cows crossing the road. I thought, I see, actually, that was quite a good call because on your TT bars, on a, an A road or B road, whatever it was, it was quite wide. Had we hurtled around effectively what's a blind bend, but you think it's safe, we, we could have <laughs> inserted our TT bars into the side, sides of cows, which wouldn't have been good for us probably the cows wouldn't have wouldn't have flinched but that could have been quite unpleasant
0: that's so dangerous I mean thank goodness the marshal was there like what are the odds that he would have been there at that time when you're about to go around that particular corner that's just crazy
1: yeah so in a way it's a good good thing but in, in a way if there are if there's a likelihood of cows crossing a bike course during a triathlon that needs to be called out and maybe the farmer could be asked. Well, maybe cows have to cross to be milked at a certain time, but there, there needs to be some warning of that in the race brief and facility for adding time back on.
0: I mean, I've had rodents and deers and things cross the road before, but they're slightly smaller than cows. <laughs> I did one in the New Forest, which was beautiful, like across the, I don't know what you call them, the mall, and where you've got all the wild horses. They did, and they did say, like, be like be wary of them, like, be warned they're about, but I didn't have anything cross in front of me.
1: <laughs> Before that, I did a swim run event, which I highly recommend, and they're great fun. And a swim run event you typically do in a pair. And I was doing this with a a, a woman called Jenny, and we are doing it for the adventure. It was off the Gower Peninsula in Wales. It starts with a run three K or something along, along a beach, right by the sea. And then you swim out around a peninsula and it happened to be a pretty wavy day. There'd been a, a, huge storm a couple nights beforehand. I think I might've mentioned our tent was destroyed in that storm, but this was our first swim run and we hadn't got much experience. All we knew is we had to stay within five meters of each other or whatever the distance is. You have to stay together at all times or you suffer a penalty or you're disqualified and partly in the swim it's for safety so we just piled in along with hundreds of other competitors into the sea and it was so wavy it was quite exciting getting in and there was a bit of stopping waiting for waves and then running and having to dive in and I kind of vaguely looked at what Jenny was wearing everyone had the same color swim hat so that wasn't helpful but I kind of vaguely knew what make wetsuit she had So I thought, well, I didn't really think. When we started swimming, I thought I could see her next to me. And I stayed on her outside, breathing to that side and just stayed with that person, which I thought was Jenny. (laughs) Okay, okay, that's the wetsuit. That's the green shoulder. That's the make. And this was a really quite exciting swim with huge swell and huge waves with essentially a cliff going straight down into the water. We had to swim around it. But if you got too close, there was a chance you were going to be smashed up against the rocks or it it could have got quite nasty. And the poor marshals and people in canoes and boats were quite nervous. Anyway, so I followed (laughs) what I thought was my partner around this long swim. It's quite a long, long swim. And there's no way you can really communicate. It wasn't until we came across a guy who was in trouble, who was bobbing up and down quite close to the cliff edge with his goggles around his nose, looking dazed. So I stopped and shouted, are you all right, mate? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I come and swim away from the cliff. Come away. Uh, I couldn't see a marshal in the boat or anybody. So I hung around just for a minute because I don't want to leave some poor guy. It was at that point I realized the person I'd been swimming with wasn't Jenny.
0: It was some <laughs> bloke
1: who stopped and looked and then just swam on. I'm like, oh my God, where's my partner? I don't know if she's ahead <laughs> of me or behind me what do I do? (laughs) Do I go back? Do I swim on? Do I wait? So I thought, crikey. Also, if a marshal sees me now alone, I'll be disqualified. So I thought, all I can do is carry on swimming. So I just kind of followed the train of people and swam on until we got to a shallow bit. And that wasn't the end. I think then it became deeper again. It's kind of a a false beach. Uh, And I, I stood up there, I thought, now what do I do? Do I run onto the beach where all the marshals are doing check-in and get disqualified? Or do I wait here? I thought, I'll I'll wait here. There's another guy who's in exactly the same situation. We both kind of sheepishly looked at each other. Are you waiting for your partner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh God. Okay, let's just hang out here for a minute. And waited a few minutes and eventually his partner and Jenny came. And Jenny had had quite a it was quite a stressful swim. I think it was quite a shock to be in such a dangerous, rough sea. And she just came up and <laughs> gave each other a big cup. Thought, oh, thank God for that. And then I learned that we had to memorize every minute detail about what her swim goggle straps looked like, what her wetsuit was looked like. And we had to make sure that when we were getting in, we were right next to each other. So that was a... That could have gone badly <laughs> wrong. Luckily, we got away with it, and I'm hoping the marshals would be somewhat sympathetic because it was quite a an exciting, rough sea to swim in.
0: Be tied together. I thought you had to be tied together for the swim, what, swim, swim. I can't speak. Swim run events.
1: No, that's that's optional, and that's done if you have a slower swimmer, so that the faster swimmer can give you a pull, give you a toe. and if uh, you're okay. if you're not at the same pace. It's just a way that serious racers can uh, go flat out so that the lead swimmer can just put everything into it. So that being tethered is totally optional.
0: Probably not a great idea in those rough waters either to be tied to somebody else. <laughs> it's no, if the first
1: person's at the to top do. of a wave and the other one's down below and then one's dropping, yeah, it's probably not, <laughs> not a good idea.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, dear. Yeah, that's a quite a good story. And you lived to tell the tale, but both of you lived to tell the tale. <laughs>
1: we did. The rest of the race was pretty good once we'd learned that lesson. And the other swims were more sheltered and not up against a, a cliff edge that was kind of going up and down by about 12 feet each wave. So that was a – I'd highly recommend the swim run. Really, really good So how good many
0: fun. swims and how many runs were there in that event?
1: It was about five of each. We, there were, there's normally a longer one but because of I forget was it COVID for some reason there was only the this was the shorter one I think it's kind of like an Olympic and then the longer one's more like a half it's so about five of each and it, it was utterly awesome you do need a different kind of wetsuit The swim run wetsuits are typically shorties and they've got a huge amount of buoyancy on the front of the legs and then in other areas. And because you swim with shoes on, you can also use a pull buoy to help strap your feet exactly float. Your exactly. And then you kind of, it's like an elastic strap, and you swing it round to the, slide it round to the outside of your leg when you're running. And then you move it back round in between your legs when you're swimming.
0: How was it running in the wetsuit?
1: It was absolutely fine. I think a lot of people got really hot. I didn't. The sea was quite cold. And by the last swim, I was getting a bit shivery in the water. And Jenny's not quite as fast a swimmer as me. So I was, I was going slow. So I wasn't working that hard in the swims. Uh, and I think that okay. meant that I lost heat more quickly than I would if I'd have been going absolutely flat out. But a lot of people were on the runs taking their wetsuit down. And I didn't have that problem at all. <laughs>
0: yeah I think I'd like to do one but I think maybe after like one or two legs I'd be like yeah I'm done now I don't want to do getting back in the water again
1: (laughs) it is funny you do well I didn't get too hot but I got to the point that I was dry and up until the last swim I was well up for going back in the water it's great because we went up on the cliff tops and you can see from there the sea way down below it looks like it's almost another universe so far away and it's wavy and it it doesn't look like you could go swimming in it and before long you start descending down these tracks and you come out on a little beach or in one case it was a scramble down to the the water and there were these large slabby rocks that you'd stood on and you'd have to jump in so you pretty much scramble down a cliff and jump in off the end into this deep water and it was just an adventure it was awesome
0: That's quite cool. It's a beautiful part of the country as well, isn't
1: it? Oh, it's lovely. Lovely scenery. One theme, thinking through all that's gone wrong in my past history, there's a theme and that's going the wrong way. I haven't (laughs) done it yet in a triathlon, but looking back, there were quite a few mountain bike races where I went the wrong way. (laughs) With with mountain bike courses, which are all tracks and trails off-road and they can be quite long, getting the signage right wasn't always done really robustly and sometimes where you'd have a point to point to get to the point that you would do laps or loops and so it's quite confusing then if you're on your first lap you've got to go back round so there are signs pointing in different directions depending on where you are. I can think of one place, have you heard of the man versus horse race? Yes
0: that sounds amazing, I've always wanted
1: to do that. Well back in the day, back in the kind of early 90s there was a man versus horse versus bike event and there was a lot of prize money for the first bike or man person that could beat the horse where the the man versus horse takes place today there used to be a mountain bike event and it's also the same place that there are the national bog snorkeling championships which i think gtn did a thing on say
0: that again bog snorkeling
1: bog snorkeling it is (laughs) what it says on the tin there's a race through a bog wearing a snorkel. (laughs) So anyway, there was a mountain bike race called the bog hopper that used to take place in that area. They're quite good for quirky events. And back then mountain biking was relatively new. Anyway, that course, I did it twice. And the first time I did it, it was, I forget how far, 20, 30 miles, but it was a point to point to get to the start of the loop. And the loop was about a 10 mile loop and you did a couple of loops and then you went back to the start-finish area, about, I don't know, two, three miles. Anyway, I was leading the race overall, and I was a junior at the time. On the second lap, I, I went the wrong way and carried on to do a third lap and then realised way too late and came back to the start-finish to see the winners being crowned champion. I was
0: thinking, oh, no. Um,
1: so I went back the next year, having had lots of sleepless nights after that, imagining what might have been. And again, I managed to get into the lead and after the the two loops or whatever it was so coming back towards the finish the last mile and a half or two miles I punctured and (laughs) I think this happened to you once I didn't have a pump on me or the pump didn't work and ended up walking back again to see the winners being crowned and I got back I've got very mixed memories of that place
0: (laughs) you um you should never do outlawful then because there is one roundabout that you do four times and each time you exit a different way. <laughs> and so you really have to pay attention to which part of the race you're at, otherwise you'll end up doing, either going back to the start too early or doing an extra loop.
1: <laughs> oh my God, I'd have to use my, my Garmin and I probably would have programmed there. it wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes that is very sad that's not that's not fun is it especially not when you're winning
1: no i mean even today sometimes i think back to some of the races that went wrong and the ones where you go the wrong way are i guess the most painful to think back on because that's such a simple thing to get right or wrong but there you go one other quick one i guess before we end is cleat problems so shoe problems I know it's it can be a problem if your foot slips out or you struggle to get your foot into cleats or particularly when you come off the swim trying to mount a bike and get your feet sorted out. However, when I used to do mountain biking and cyclocross, I had a couple of races which were absolutely ruined where the little cleats in your shoes would come loose or the plastic that they were clamped to would would fail because as the cleats would wear out and you're clipping in and out a lot mountain biking and there's a lot of dirt that gets in them when you get muddy a lot so they wear out quite quickly and as they wear out they get harder and harder to unclip and so if it gets to the point that it's it's really hard to unclip the cleat and the shoe just gives way and the cleat twists and then you can't get your foot out you just can't can't unclip oh, so this no. has happened a couple of times I was thinking back to when this happened, I was actually doing the national championships in a mountain bike race. And it was my first year as a senior. It must have been halfway into the first lap. And you have to get off your bike quite a few times during the race, either for styles or rocky sections. And I realized that at the first point I had to take my feet off and get off my bike to lift over a, a, a style or something. I couldn't get my shoe out. Couldn't get my foot off, so I obviously fell <laughs> quite hard. And then I had to take my foot out of my shoe in order to dismount my bike. And oh, to no. the spot. there was no way. Also, if you fall off, your, your foot's going to be attached to your bike. And that's just, that's pretty dangerous. So...
0: What did you
1: do? Just, did just you DNF? Just DNF. I just had to stop. So that was disappointing. My whole family had come up to see me. We'd stayed oh, in a oh, hotel. Who? It was my first big national race after i'd left the juniors and not only that i had to walk back from miles away from the start climb climbing hills to get back and really tricky a sense that i you know slithered down it was very muddy with one <laughs> foot with no <laughs> shoe on <laughs> so that was a really that was quite a low
0: so is that a user maintenance error or is that just
1: yeah that's just a quiet. maintenance problem you have to change your cleats more regularly because the little metal bits would wear out. But as as a junior, you know, prior to properly leaving school and living with your parents, all the money for a kit had to come from your parents, so you couldn't just buy what you needed out of your wages. So maintenance sometimes you you tried to make things last.
0: <laughs> we should wrap up because you need to go to go do pickup duties. I think, don't you?
1: Yes, pickup duties for my daughter who's at gymnastics. We should apologise for not getting a podcast out. Or recording one last week and that was not through not trying. The plan was I would drop my daughter off at her gymnastics in, in Harlow which is a half hour drive away from home. It was a three-hour gymnastics session and because it was my rest day I wasn't going to go and do a training session so I thought I'd take my computer and I could record it from the car, get it all set up, Emma ready to dial in and realized that the battery this is a maintenance problem the batteries got a bit tired it seems and had no life left in it so it would only work if the computer was plugged in and long story short i do have an inverter so i can use the cigarette lighter but it was in my other car which was is in in the repair shop at the moment so i had no way <laughs> to have a laptop so i took a picture of My recording studio in the car in Harlow, and unable to record, so there was no podcast last week. (laughs) Sorry,
0: (laughs) despite trying. So, never mind. The intention was there, and some good news. A a listener emailed in, and they said that we are position number twenty-five in the sports category in Hong Kong (laughs) (laughs) for the for our podcast, and we're position number seventy. In the sports category for South Africa. So
1: <laughs> that is amazing. I didn't even know there was a, a league table. Is that in Hong either. Kong in terms of sports podcasts on Spotify or something?
0: Apple Podcasts, sorry. Apple Podcasts, Apple podcasts. for the last 30 days. Something to be proud of.
1: <laughs> that is one of my proudest moments. I hope. There are more than 25 podcasts in the competition, but I wouldn't be surprised if there weren't.
0: (laughs) I haven't looked at the details, that's just taking it at face value of what they mud in. So, thank you very much, Carlos, for the update. Awesome. (laughs) On that note, should we wrap it up?
1: Yes, let's wrap it up. Thank you for listening. And as ever, we'd appreciate rating us if you listen on Spotify. I don't know what the deal is on on Apple if there's a a rating system.
0: I don't have Apple products, but I assume there is a rating system.
1: And please email us with any comments or suggestions. We'd love to hear from you.
0: And join our Facebook group too for some general chit chat and Instagram page.
1: <laughs> awesome. We'll put links in the description.
0: Yes, we will do that.
1: Thank you, Emma. Talk to you next time.
0: Cheers. Bye.